Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Throwback Thursday from Back to the Theater Reviews. Once again, this is a segment where we like to talk about older films submitted by uh, our subscribers. And like I was saying before, we appreciate all the submissions that we encounter because there's so much uh, movies out there that we really appreciate everyone that sends in submissions. And just a quick note, too, that if your movie does not get chosen, that does not mean that it will not be discussed in the future. We just like to have a lot of content on our hands. So before we go into this episode of Throwback Thursday Reviews, I just want to touch light on an incident that happened, unfortunately, on Monday. I just wanted to give a brief uh, warning to my subscribers that, hey, guys, just stay safe out there no matter what you guys are doing. Um, it's unfortunate that these uh, circumstances are happening. So make sure you're being aware of your surroundings. Make sure you contact people whenever you need it. And you could always rely on us if you ever need anything. So I just wanted to shed some light on that really quick. So with that being said, uh, we're going to hop into our DeLorean. And we're going to go back in time to June 1982. So in the summer of June 1982, it was actually a pretty, pretty packed uh, summer season. To begin, first you had a Poltergeist. An instant classic. Uh, not my most favorite horror movie of all time, but it's still solid nonetheless. Better than the reboot. The next week, actually, you had E.T., the extraterrestrial directed by Steven Spielberg, come out. And then you had John Carpenter's The Thing come out the following week. And then to wrap up June 1982, you had Ridley Scott's Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. Now, this was an insanely packed summer season, and usually summer is when all the new releases go about. But there was one choice in particular that stood out and was actually recommended by one of our subscribers. And I figured, you know what? This was a personal favorite of mine as a child, and I easily chose it. Uh, and today, my guest here is actually uh, Brody Ferretta. And he recommended a couple movies, actually. He recommended The Goonies. He recommended Beetlejuice and E.T. And ultimately, I decided to go with E.T. just because of the historical significance that it's had, but also the personal connection that I've had with it as a kid as well. So... Just to uh, introduce our guest really quick before I pass it off to him is I'm at Brody once again in Sigma Pi. I know what you guys are probably thinking, is he just going to have frat brothers on his podcast? <laughs> no, it's just mainly a coincidence. Uh, he just We just started talking back and forth and we decided to collab together today. And uh, I met Brody, yeah, a couple years ago when he was uh, rushing for Sigma Pi. And let me tell you guys, he's an, he's an excellent guy. He really understands 80s and pop culture just as much as I do and he's a huge fan of movies as well literally all our discussions are about 80s music 80s movies the man pretty much knows it all but I will give him the flip side that he has more music knowledge and without being said um I'm going to introduce our guest for today so I'm over here with Brody and how are you doing today Brody I'm doing great, Gilbert. I mean, I'm just so glad you had me on the show. Just want to say to start off, you're doing a great job so far. And like you said earlier, you know, I love movies and I don't know someone that probably loves movies more than me than you. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the reason I I gave Gilbert some recommendations on movies and uh, obviously 80s movies, because in my personal opinion, I think 80s had the 80s decade had the best movies ever made. And I threw some great names out there, like the Indiana Jones series Beetlejuice, The Goonies, my personal favorite, and E.T. And um, we just both kind of agreed on that one, that that was the one to go for this episode, because it's 
obviously an incredible film and we both had a personal connection to it. So yeah, there's my little spiel on movies and Gilbert's podcast. So shout out to that. And also he asked me earlier, what's my favorite either eighties song or eighties movie. I got to say eighties movie. I got to narrow it down to two. It's either the Indiana Jones series as well as the Goonies, both kind of Spielberg in there. Spielberg Lucas on Indiana Jones and Spielberg on the Goonies. And um, for 80s music, man, that's a tough one. But I got to narrow it down to probably 80s band, probably for me, either Hollow Notes or Genesis. And then when it comes to a song, that's tough. But I mean, how do you not love Africa by Toto? So that's such a classic. So anyway, that's a quick little fun fact and my little two cents about the 80s. But I'm going to pass it back to Gilbert. You know, Pretty solid choice. Not going to lie, you can never go wrong with Africa by Toto. But for me, it is uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears uh, for Fears. Excellent song. I could be having the worst day of my life possible, but the second that that song goes on, I immediately turn around. Alrighty, now before we get into this review, I just wanted to share a little story about E.T. because a lot of people actually didn't know that E.T. actually had a ride at Universal. And get this. I get invited to go to Universal a couple weeks ago by a woman named Taryn. And I was super stoked. I was thinking, all right, cool. I finally get to go back to Universal aside from Horror Nights. And I know you're listening to this, Taryn. So, yeah, get ready for this uh, story that I'm about to tell. So, uh, we're planning out the details. And I post on Twitter about roughly two days before. And I mentioned how I'm insanely excited to go back on the E.T. ride because it's basically like soaring over California, but you're on the bike with him. And I remember kind of being a little bit scared of the ride when (laughs) I was a kid just because, I mean, hey, I thought I was going to fall off into the world or something. But I still had fun nonetheless. And then she posted a response where it looked kind of like, hmm, I don't know, because it was in the form of a GIF. Yes, it is GIF, not GIF. And that's about the best way I could describe it to y'all. And then the the next couple of days, we go to Universal. I'm looking around. We're going to Hogwarts and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, let's go on that E.T. ride. And she's like, they don't have it anymore. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, when? She tells me that they've taken it out. They've taken it out years ago. And I'm just like, that's really fucked up (laughs) that they decided to take it out like that without any sort of warning. So... I'm not saying it ruined my day, but clearly it altered my mood. So that's a little story of heartbreak that I want to mention aside from E.T. I mean, this isn't going to be a necessarily sad episode, but just a small little story to tell. Now, to go on with this review of E.T., just a little bit of background. It released in 1982, directed by Steven Spielberg. And it's about an extraterrestrial being who lands on earth but is unfortunately left by his family on accident and it's basically all about him adapting to our world and he encounters a couple humans along the way and in that turn the u.s government is actually after him so you embark on this nice little adventure of uh getting et back to his home before the government can back uh, get back to him in time so with that uh without further ado i wanted to go into Brody's quick thoughts as to um, what he likes about the film if there's actually anything that bothered him or if there's really anything that he just wants to talk about E.T. because it is a classic we all grew up with in some way or another so without further ado uh, Brody go ahead and do your thing man what'd you like about E.T. 
Oh man, I mean, where do I start with this one? I mean, I just got to say, I'm going to bring it back to probably, I'm trying to remember the first time I saw this movie. I remember, I think my parents gave me, you. I mean, I know Gilbert, you remember VHS tapes. I remember I got a VHS of E.T. when I was probably, I'm going to say six or seven years old. And um, instantly I remember watching the movie and I had a, I had a um, deep connection with E.T. I don't know. I feel like, the, a big thing that stood out to me in this movie is this thing, this extra extraterrestrial being. You initially don't really know what it is. Like, what's it doing here? Is this thing to hurt people or bad? But instantly, when you see the friendship between Elliot and E.T., you kind of feel like you have a bond to E.T. I don't know about you, but I mean, a scene that stood out to me at the beginning of the movie was when, um, not the beginning, like, I would say probably the scene where um, after Elliot goes out to try to find this thing and he leads the trail of the Reese's pieces in the woods. And then when he comes back and he's the next night sleeping outside, trying to wait for it to come back to the shed. And this thing comes up to him that startles him in the middle of the night and it walks up to his chair and Elliot just doesn't know what to do. I think he's literally speechless in that scene and he just comes out, takes his hand out and he just drops all the Reese's pieces on his towel, which I thought was like, for me, from a directive standpoint, because I mean, I did a couple years of film in high school, and I know for me, from what I see from that, Spielberg's trying to get across like, okay, there's an instant bond here between Elliot and E.T., and also the audience, too. I mean, there were multiple scenes where I really f- felt for Elliot and their friendship. And that's why another, I mean, Spielberg is, I think, the greatest of all time directing wise. I mean, uh, we named some of his movies earlier. All of them are just phenomenal. And he does such a good job of getting the audience involved with the characters. I mean, you really, um, you really feel for the characters in any movie, not just ET, but you love the protagonist and you hate the antagonist usually in every single movie. But if I could describe ET in one word, I would, other than obviously classic, I would say it's about friendship. So it's about uh, this kid who's obviously living with this single mother and his brother and little sister, and um, he meets this creature, E.T., and um, they have an instant friendship. And um, Gilbert, I don't know if I told you this, but a few years back, I was on vacation with my parents in Mexico. And um, I actually met the actor that played Elliot, Henry Thomas. And um, I was, this was probably, I was probably, you know, 14, 15. I talked to him for a little bit, but um, he was with his family down there. But I was like, um I must have been something to work with Spielberg. And he just said he was so great with kids. And that's why uh, I wanted to segue that off of, I've noticed another thing I loved about this film was the use of um, the use of like a younger cast. I feel like so many of his movies are just centered around kids. And like you think of movies like the Goonies and um, Poltergeist, you know, you got the little girl and the, and the brother. I'm just trying to rattle a few movies off the top of my head. But in some case, you know, from the start of the film, when, um, the, I would, I guess you'd say that the government officials are looking for this guy. And it's like, you can tell like, okay, those guys are the bad guys. I'm on the kid's side with this one. So, I mean, Spielberg again, does a, a fantastic job of um, tying together, you know, relating the characters to his audience and just, you have a connection through it throughout the whole movie to these characters, which is another reason why I was so in, intrigued with this movie. And I still am. So that's why, I mean, Gilbert obviously loves this movie as well. And um, I'm just trying to think of a couple segments of this movie that really stood out to me besides the story. I would say overall, the story is my favorite part about this movie, but the use of the music 
is so effective. It's a John Williams. If you know, John Williams did so many films, Jurassic Park, Jaws, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. And then from the beginning, I mean, um, the use of the, the score for this movie is just makes it so much better. And, um, that's another thing that really tied this movie together with me. And also, um, this might sound silly, but the scene with the bikes, I love the, those scenes with the, when they're trying to near the end of the movie and they're trying to go away from the cops on the bikes and it's just, it brings you back to your childhood and stuff like that. And, um, obviously you've seen the iconic scene on the cover of Elliot E.T. across the moon on the bike. And that scene always stood out to me in my mind. It's probably my favorite, even though it's a quick blur, but when they're flying through the forest on the bike, across the moon. And also I researched some facts and fun fact um, that shot is actually not green. Obviously the only thing green screen about that shot is ET and Elliot on the bike. Everything else was real. They actually had to find a proper set, proper time, proper full moon. And that classic scene, that is a real full moon, which is crazy. I mean, I mean, I'm a movie nerd, so that's probably, that sounded interesting to me, but I thought that was pretty cool. And also another little tidbit is I found out that Harrison Ford was going to be in this movie for a couple scenes, but uh, it was actually, they filmed it and it was cut from the movie. It was supposed to the scene where Elliot's at school and he gets in trouble from releasing all the frogs in science class. And there's supposed to be a a scene after that about him being reprimanded by the principal, which was going to be Harrison Ford, which I thought was pretty funny and clever because I mean, Ford's been in other Spielberg classics such as star Wars and Indiana Jones and, he was going to throw him in there, which I thought was interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, a, I don't know what's wrong with you, but no, just kidding. But if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, you, it's really a story about friendship. I mean, it sounds silly, but I think about it and the way it was put together. I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday. If you look at a lot of these plots or these storylines that Spielberg made, if you just look at the plot, it sounds kind of like, oh, that's never going to work. But the way he films this and puts it together with the character development, the score, the setting, the protagonist, the and the casting, it's so great. I mean, um, I was just so impressed by the acting. I mean, this, like I've said, this movie is kind of centered around uh, all the kids. Elliot, obviously, his brother, Michael, uh, that little sister, Gertie, which I don't know if you knew, was a six-year-old Drew Barrymore. And... Um, just the acting by the kids really stands out to me. I mean, the scene where uh, a scene, I don't know about you, Gilbert, but I always, I mean, yes, I will admit it. I tear up and I might cry a little, the scene where they're looking for ET and they drive, uh, not drive. Michael's riding his bike uh, across the bridge and he sees him kind of almost dead and lifeless in the river. And you're like, Oh crap, this is it. This is the end. And I, every time I kind of tear up at that scene. Cause like I said, you have a personal connection in these characters and obviously ET. I mean, and then the scene where he's brought in, they're trying to resuscitate him and everything. And, um, they think ET dies, but, and then, um, Elliot's in the room crying with them. I mean, it's really emotional towards the end of that movie. Um, spoiler alert is not a sad ending. I just want to let you know, but I mean, those scenes kind of really gets you even, when you're not just a kid, but older. But like I said, I mean, uh, throughout the movie, if you've seen it, when E.T. and Elliot have a physical connection to each other, where E.T. feels what Elliot feels, or Elliot feels what E.T. feels, which is just, it's a literal showing literally how they're connected. I mean, how they became friends instantly. And I just love Spielberg so good with these movies about adventure 
and um, the use of kids in these movies. Like I mentioned before, I uh, mentioned Spielberg's doing the Goonies, which came out, I think 85. That's personally my favorite movie of all time. And um, just every, I've noticed every film, he puts a twist on it. He puts his own kind of Spielberg magic on it, which, you know, I don't know any other actor's movies that has that personal, most personal and emotional appeal and effect on me when I'm watching them. I mean, I know Gilbert, you'd say the same, but yeah, I would just say a big thing for me is that I've had a personal connection with this movie for a long time. I remember watching it when I was a kid and, um, also the special effects in this movie at the time, I thought were pretty, pretty damn good with the bikes flying through the air. I thought that was so cool. And I still think it is cool. And, just all around the casting, the score, the script. I mean, it's fantastic. Also, I saw that um, the first draft, one of the very first drafts of the script was the one they actually used for the final movie, which is rare nowadays, but shows how good the first script was for this one. And um, I do believe it's one of the most Spielberg's underrated films. I mean, it's often overlooked, but I mean, regardless if you've seen the movie or not, you, you, you got to agree. I mean, so many great elements in this movie, and that's why 80s Decade's the best movies ever made. So you can fight me on that one. I'm going to give it back to Gilbert. That was very beautifully said, uh, Brody. Thank you for that. Uh, to go about uh, E.T.'s, we've all had a personal connection at some point with E.T. in one way or another. I remember popping in the VHS as well. But I completely agree with about everything Brody listed down because this film literally is beautiful in every sense. Uh, this friendship that you have between Elliot and E.T., uh, it, it actually sparks a lot of uh, inspirations for uh, stories like this to come. So, for example, I'm going to take a inspiration from three movies, but jumping to the scene where Elliot and E.T. are flying over where you get the iconic uh, poster shot, uh, when he's both terrified but also amazed to go on this journey with E.T., uh, that that inspired a lot of movies to also borrow that element from. A few films that I could think of is uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, when uh, Harry Potter is going on Buckbeak, and then um, How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon also borrowed a little bit of elements too, and uh, Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 also uh, drew that as well. But E.T. is just one of those timeless classics where it's carried by its cast the kids because of how well spielberg can direct them and literally so many actors have praised his work with the kids especially and going back to the score i mean when you have the god of cinema score john williams he really captures the emotion in every every sort of scene and it, it's just powerful like you can hear like the themes like and you could like kind of mum them in your head and E.T. is just one of those films that's so special. And I really admired it for its practical effects, too, because in today's day and age where we rely on CGI, and don't get me wrong, CGI can look great, but it's also great to go back in time to look at those practical effects like a Jaws uh, when, you, when you had Bruce or E.T. when you had actually the character that was practical or um, Terminator by James Cameron. Uh, how they had a lot of practical effects to create by there, uh, Predator as well. It's nice to see the detail and how it all worked out because we have this perception of aliens, but it's really refreshing for them to create a design for an alien that's 
very unique, innocent, adorable, and not intimidating because we all assume that if beings are not from this universe that they're going to be scary. They're going to want to threaten us. But E.T. looks like the most gentle being. <laughs> like, I want to be his friend almost, but also I kind of would be like Elliot too. If I first saw him, I would be scared. But to touch base on a few fun facts here is when I was rewatching it, I actually didn't know that C. Thomas Howell was in this movie. Uh, for those of you that don't know who C. Thomas Howell is, uh, he is Ponyboy from The Outsiders. Uh, he also was in Red Dawn and I forgot another film he was in. Oh, E.T. as well. Yeah. But as I saw him, I was like, no way. I was like, Pony Boy's in this movie too. But a few sequences that I do enjoy is, uh, of course, the, the famous bike ride where the kids are about to meet their fate uh, with the law enforcement and they just close their eyes and E.T. just takes them on this beautiful journey over the sunset and that's another thing, too, is the cinematography. Uh, I really love the cinematography in this uh, movie because one shot in particular that I can think of is when the government is slowly moving up to Elliot's house and you can see the beautiful like orange background. But then you see like heads like slowly swaying back and forth. It's like a group of seven people. And then they slowly start like rising up. But also when it comes to the government, they're introduced from the belt buckle down. Which I found that interesting because you don't, when you first watch this movie, of course, you don't really know who these people are. These are just people with flashlights and with dogs and, and trucks. They're not law enforcement necessarily, but you wonder who they are because, first of all, their faces aren't seen because it's so dark. But throughout the film, they're mainly shown from the waist down. And that kind of hooks you right away because you're thinking, are these like the good guys? Like, are they the bad guys? But it is a Steven Spielberg film. We love E.T. We resonate with him. So we don't want him to get caught because who knows what the government could use him for. For all I know, I mean, the government still today, <laughs> they're they're a little suspicious. But uh, to wrap this up, uh, th those are just my quick thoughts on E.T. Uh, literally, I'm so glad that this movie was recommended just because of the personal connection I have. And it's funny how Brody says, like, this is one of Spielberg's most underrated films. And it's it's insane to think that when he's had films like Jaws, uh, E.T., Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, Saving Private Ryan, and Schindler's List, Schindler's List, too. Uh, this man, to me, in my opinion, is the greatest filmmaker of all time and those are just films that he's directed. I haven't even gotten into the films that he's written and produced, which, oh man, we'd be on this episode for about another 20 minutes. But just to wrap it up uh, really quick, we're just going to go into our ratings for a little bit. And E.T., the extraterrestrial, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 and the uh, back to the theater review seal of approval. I really do think that if you're one of the three people that haven't seen this movie yet, you should go see it. And I do know a couple people actually that I have not seen it. So if you are listening to this right now, go on Amazon, go look up ET. And if I have to, I will literally pay for that rental <laughs> just for you to explore this amazing classic. And I'm just going to pass it over to Brody real quick uh, to give his rating for a bit. And then we're just going to call it a day. So Brody, what would you give this movie? Let's see. How would I rate this film? Honestly, I mean, I got to agree with you, 8.5 8 out of 10, which is extremely high. I mean, 
I'm trying to think of any criticism I have for this movie, but I would just say going into this movie, if you've never seen this movie before, I recommend don't expect too much action, which is okay. Some of the best movies of all time don't have tons of action sequences, which is fine. It's all about the story and character development and things like the score that tie it all together. So like I said, uh, I would probably say 8.5, maybe even a 9 out of 10, just because, as Gilbert mentioned also, I as well have a personal connection to this movie, which makes me a little biased. And it's obviously Spielberg, and I love anything about Spielberg. I think he is, next to Walt Disney, the king of imagination. So thank you, Stephen, for another great film. And thank you, Gilbert, for doing doing this interview. I love your show, so keep it up, my dude. That's a bold statement, actually. My eyebrows actually rose. <laughs> But you know what? I'm not going to disagree with him either. Um, he has a very imaginative mind. And yeah, uh, you're welcome, Brody. You're more than welcome anytime to come in for another podcast uh, collab. And just a heads up, guys. Yeah, if you ever want to collab on a Throwback Thursday review or even a new release, uh, we have plenty of movies in our gallery. Uh, just hit us up on Instagram at Back to the Theater and submit any sort of requests. We will happily work around your schedule and then we'll go about it from there. Alrighty, well, that wraps up our second episode of Back to the Theater Reviews. Uh, thank you for tuning in once again. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Back to the Theater Reviews. And this is me signing off. <laughs>